0: welcome again to uh resurrection sunday amen Uh, we're having a wonderful time here and um i know those of you who are watching online you're having a wonderful time too hallelujah Hallelujah. praise god thank you ministers of music you may be seated and i just want to welcome everyone uh, who may be joining us from different parts of the world we're glad you took the time to join us hopefully you are dressed up at home celebrating easter amen You know, people dress up usually on Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday is one of the uh, most celebrated days in the the church world. And we will celebrate it any which way. Amen. I want to encourage you to to dress properly if you are not. Uh, You say, but pastor, I mean, nobody's going to see me. I'm going to be at home. Well, dress, take a picture, put it online, put it on Facebook. (laughs) Say, this is my Easter celebration attire. Praise God. What I'm saying in essence is that we just want to make sure we celebrate and give God praise. We are not sad. We are not worried. We are not concerned about what's going on on the outside. But instead, uh, we are more inspired about what the Word of God says. So let's bow our heads to pray. We're just going to say a short word of prayer. And uh, I'm going to be sharing um, as quickly as I can this morning. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise, even as we celebrate as a church, as individuals. And the rest of the world joins us to celebrate this great day of, of, of commemorating your resurrection. We ask that the eyes of our understanding be open. Everyone who is watching to be able to see clearly, to be able to receive your word of, with meekness, that they will be changed. We declare that no one will be oppressed, put under, saddened, depressed, but instead everyone will arise and shine in this season according to your word. Thank you for your spirit it is upon me to teach your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory, Glory be to God. Be to it's great to bring God's word. Let's go to the book of Isaiah chapter number 60. This is the chapter that God gave to us this year. So I'm going to be teaching a lot from this place because uh, it is a lot loaded in this particular chapter of Isaiah, and I really believe it speaks to us uh, in many areas, where we are right now, what's going on right now, and many of the things that will even happen in the near future. So I uh, don't think you've heard it many times. Pastor, I've been sharing on this, but I want to encourage you to, to follow along and, and read with me. If God said to us, this is a major chapter for us this year, we want to take time to study it over and over again. So the very first word is the theme of my message, is the title of my message. is the theme of the Resurrection Sunday. Arise. Turn to someone and say, Arise. Arise. Say it like you're expecting the person to change. Say, Arise. 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 Praise God. You know, when we celebrate resurrection, uh Sunday or Easter Sunday, whichever one you want to call it, uh, many people uh, focus a lot, which we should, on the Resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's the whole reason why we are Christians. The reason why we celebrate Jesus is not just because he died. How I many of you know many people died too? Praise God. <laughs> it's not just because he was buried. Uh, Many good folks died and were buried. Uh, Some even died for loved ones. I've heard about uh, I don't know if it's uh, a true story, Romeo and Juliet. They died for one another. Well, it's good to die for someone who you love. I mean, if you are in the world, but as a Christian, you live for them. Praise God. But what we are celebrating more so is not just that he died because he loved us to pay for our sins which nobody else could because he had a a righteous and holy life but more so that he was raised up on the third day for our justification and because he died and is back alive we know too that we who were dead in sin have been made alive together with Christ Jesus. Somebody say hallelujah hallelujah So we are not only celebrating the death of our Lord Jesus Christ, we are actually more so celebrating His resurrection. Because His resurrection is what sealed our faith. That was the indication that our sins were forgiven. That was the indication that what He paid for was sufficient. That was the proof that He was not just an ordinary man, that He is and was the Son of God. That was the, 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 the manifestation of God in the flesh, because not that he just died, but that he rose up again on the third day. But my message this morning is not just only on the fact that Jesus died and he rose again. The message this morning is that it's time for us to arise. Somebody say, Hallelujah! So we are not only going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, we are going to be celebrating the resurrection, the rising up of the church. Somebody say hallelujah. Yeah. Isaiah chapter number 60. He says, arise, shine, for the light is come. He says, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Continue. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people but the lord shall arise upon thee and his glory shall be seen upon thee and gentiles shall come to thy light and kings to the brightness of thy rising he said lift up thy eyes round about and see All they gather themselves together, they come to thee. Thy sons shall come from afar, thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. Then thou shalt see and flow together, and thy heart shall fear and be alive, because of the abundance of the sea shall be converted unto thee, and the forces of Gentiles shall come unto thee. The multitude of camels. Shall cover thee, the domandries of Midian and Ephah all day from Sheba shall come. They shall bring gold and incense, and they shall show forth the praise of our Lord. All the flock of Kedah shall be gathered together unto thee, and the rams of Naboth shall minister unto thee. Say, so what does that have to do with their good things? Praise God. They shall come up with acceptance on my altar, and I will glorify the house of my glory. Somebody says, Hallelujah. You know, this whole chapter is full of great promises, great uh, prophecies, great uh, instructions in terms of what's going to happen. Um, I was looking through it again like we should, because this is one scripture the Spirit of God says we should meditate on this year. And I discovered that most of it actually was talking about what God was going to do for us. What God was going to do in us, what God was going to cause other people to do for us, and very little instructions for us to do. You know, when you're looking at the scripture, don't only focus on what God tells other people to do, because that's not your responsibility. What should you focus on? What God tells you to do or what it takes you to receive or expect. For example, the Bible says, husbands, love your wife. Then it says, wives, submit yourself to the husbands. Many husbands know the verse for the wives. They'll say, wife, submit to me. God says, submit to me. They don't know the part of their own responsibility. Husbands love the wife, but they, they can quote the scripture that says, wife, submit to the husband. The same thing also, many wives know the, author, the instructions to the husband. <laughs> they say, husband, love your wife. Husband, love your wife. But you're trying to say, but that's not your responsibility. That's not your word. They say, no, the Bible, the Bible says, husband, love your wife, even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for her. But that's not the one you really should meditate on. Because you, knowing as a wife, husband loves your wife, does not mean you are following the word of God. God doesn't give you responsibility to do someone else's responsibility. So when you are reading the scripture, you have to find out what's God's responsibility. And then you find out what is your responsibility. Let me put it this way. God is never late or never weak or never fails in his responsibility. You know, that's why sometimes when many people pray, it it almost looks to me as if they are trying to get God to do what God is supposed to do. As if if we don't beg him, push him, wake him up. He wouldn't do it. And if you look at the scriptures, that's one of the things Elijah was really mad about when he was was trying to uh, uh, ridicule. The other prophets of Baal. He said, "Maybe your your God is sleeping. Wake him up. Ring a bell. Cut yourself. Shout. Maybe he went on an exit, Maybe he went on a journey. He's not bad. And people pray like as if our as if our God went on the journey and is not hearing us. Let's beg him. Let's beg him. Let thousands beg him. But the truth is that if you look at the scriptures, God always does His own part, even without any pressure. You don't have to beg God to do His part. Our responsibility is to find out our part and do it. Because as long as, long as we do our part, we know that God's part is sure. Somebody say, hallelujah. hallelujah. For example, Mark 11, 23, 24, it says, whatsoever things ye desire when ye pray, believe that you receive it and you shall have it. Now, this is what many people do. They, they 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 desire. Some of them don't even desire. They just ask because they see other people asking. They try to say, "Okay, God, you do it. God, you do it. God, you do it. Oh God, please do it." But their part has not been fulfilled. Their part is not to try to make God do it. What does God say our part is? First of all, to desire something, and then to pray. And then to believe that you have received it. And if you keep asking and asking and asking, it means you have not believed you have received it. So you have not done your part. That's probably why you have not seen the manifestation. But it's not you trying to get God to do his part that enables you to receive the manifestation. So we're going to have to focus more so on our part. We really need to know what God said he's going to do because that will give us faith. We know we shouldn't be expecting it. We should be inspired by it. But really, our responsibility is to do our part. So we're going to read these verses again. Isaiah 61. We're going to read from verse 1 maybe to verse 4. And we're going to find out what's our part in all of these promises. He says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. He said, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people, but the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. So, what's our responsibility in verse 1 and 2? Just one thing. He said, arise. That's the only thing we are instructed to do there. The glory coming is not our responsibility. He said, the glory of the Lord will rise upon you. He said here, he said, and Darkness shall cover the earth. You know that's not our responsibility, right? We don't have to pray for darkness to come and go. Just tell us what's going to happen. He said, and gross darkness the people. Some of these things we can't change. He said, but the Lord shall rise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. In that verse, no responsibility for us. But the first verse gives us a responsibility. And what's that? To arise. To, to arise. He says, arise, shine. Which means that we have to study what it means to arise. In short, we should study more what it means to arise than what it means for darkness to cover the earth and gross darkness to cover the people. Because we really don't have much to do in that part. We need to find out what our own is. Let's continue. Verse 3. He said, and Gentiles shall come to the light. Is that your responsibility? No. And kings to the brightness of the rising Is that your responsibility? Yeah. This is telling you what's going to happen. What's your responsibility again? To, to, arise. Arise. to arise. He says, when you Arise, these are things that will happen. So you're not trying to get kings to come. You're not, you don't even have to beg God to Send kings to come. What do you have to do? Arise. Just arise. When you arise, There are things That we follow. Let's look at verse 4. There's a part here for us to play. Verse 4. He said, Lift up thy eyes round about, <laughs> and see, all oh, they gather themselves together, they come to thee. Thy sons shall come from far, and thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. Then thou shalt see and flow together, and their heart shall, be, shall fear and be enlarged because of the abundance of, Of the sea shall be converted unto thee, and the forces of Gentiles shall come unto thee. Somebody say hallelujah. Now we could go on and on through the whole chapter, but we don't have enough time for that. I just want us to see that there there are very simple and specific instructions God gives us in these chapters and in these verses, just like he does in many of the other parts of the scriptures. Now he says that he said, Lift up your eyes, verse 4. That's a responsibility. What does it mean to lift up your eyes? To lift it up. To take it away from, from the way you have been seen. If you have been, if you have been seen on this plane, on this level, when it says lift up your eyes, what do you do? You look up. You raise it. You raise your your, your sight. You raise your seeing. You raise your expectation. You raise your, 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 your ability to see. You look beyond what you have been seeing before. Now, God is telling us these are the two major things that we are going to have to do for the glory of God to be seen upon us. One, he says, arise. Then two, he says, lift up your eyes. Now, to arise means to change. Somebody say, hallelujah. So we are going to spend a little time looking at what it means to arise. You say, but I thought this was Easter. We're talking about the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah, he rose that we may rise too. Somebody say, hallelujah. I can imagine the father on the day of the Sunday morning of Easter say, son, (laughs) arise. And then he came out of the grave. Somebody say, "Hallelujah." hallelujah. And the glory of God was seen upon him. And today we celebrate. And God is saying to us in the same wise It's time to arise. It's time to rise up. It's time to stand up. Somebody say hallelujah. If you look at that word arise. I'm not going to bother you with the Greek and Hebrew. You could go look at it. I've mentioned that uh, many times. It means to come out of obscurity. It means to stand up from a state of stupor. It means to be established. It means to come on the scene. Hallelujah. hallelujah! Maybe you have been obsolete. People don't know about you. It's time to come on the scene. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. It means to come out from anything that oppresses. It actually means to stir yourself up. Tell somebody, stare yourself up. Stay yourself. Say it again. Say, stare yourself up. Turn to another person. Say, stare yourself up. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the Bible, says, arise, stir yourself up. Then verse 4, it said, lift up your eyes round about. You know, I had to look at it. Why did you say lift up your eyes round about? If you look at the original rendition of that word, it actually means to look up and change the way you are seeing things. It means, when you said look up round about, it's not just talking about lift up your eyes and turn around now. That's what the literal uh, uh, understanding may be, just reading it from the natural point. But if you look at what the scriptures is actually saying, if you go back to the original Hebrew, it means actually lift up your thought life and renew the way you are seeing this. Turn your thinking around. Begin to think differently. Begin to see differently. Different. Begin to see in a different way. He said, instead of seeing things getting worse, begin to see your sons come from afar. Somebody say, Hallelujah. Look at it. It's right there. He said, begin to see. When you see, then you will see. Somebody say, Hallelujah. Verse 4. He said, lift up your eyes round about and see. All they gather themselves together; they come to thee. Thy sons come from afar; thy daughters shall be nursed at thy side. He said, and then thou shalt see, and flow together. So you have to see it first before you see it. Somebody say, Hallelujah. He yeah. says you have to see it first. Means you have to lift up your vision and begin to see great things happen to you. You have to see your sons come from afar. You have to see wealth coming to your hand. You have to see things changing for you. You have to begin to see miracles happening on your behalf. You have to begin to see good things come. Now, it's not saying wait until these things happen. It's saying you have to lift up your eyes, your own vision. And you have to begin to see this thing. You have to renew your mind. And then these things will begin to come to you. Somebody say hallelujah praise the Lord. I don't intend to be too long, so I'm just going to give you some points that will help us arise and lift up our eyes. Amen. Amen. Now, the Bible says Jesus is our example. He died for us and then he rose up from the dead. What would the story have been like if Jesus died and three days later, nothing happened? The stone was still there. The, the disciples went there. The soldiers were still gathered. And then a couple of weeks after the days have passed, they went to rule the stone and they saw his body decayed. What would the story have been like? The whole message of Easter would have not been even possible. We would not be here celebrating Jesus. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15 that if he did not rise, then we are still in our sins then there is no Christianity. So the the greatest message of the gospel is not that Jesus died and that he was buried, but that in the midst of all of that, on the third day, he rose up from the dead. Now, put your finger there. The first point I want to say is that you have to rise up in your faith. Praise the Lord. Let's go to Romans chapter number 1. You have to arise in your faith. You have to stir up your faith up. Praise God. You can't live like everybody else. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And faith is not saying what everybody else is saying, seeing what everybody else is seeing, complaining about what everybody else is complaining. Faith is... Is seeing things from a perspective that is different from the rest of the world. Faith is seeing things the way God sees things. And you have to stir yourself up. If you are sad, depressed, worried, afraid in unbelief, it's time to arise. The Bible says in Romans chapter number one, it's a Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle. Separated unto the gospel of God, which he promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. Verse 3. Concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead. So Jesus was declared to be the Son of God by the resurrection of the dead. So his rising up from the dead is what declared him, that manifested him, that, that confirmed that this is the Son of God. And one of the things we have been studying, even in, on Sundays, is that we have become sons of God through Christ Jesus. And if we are sons of God, and Jesus was able to rise up from the dead, what can we rise up from? All things all things. The Bible says in Romans chapter number eight, he said, if the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he said, that same spirit shall quicken, give life to your mortal bodies. So the Bible is not saying that Jesus just rose from the dead. And so he's a unique being. We have not the same power. Let's look at the Romans chapter number eight. It says that that same spirit living in us, would give life to our mortal bodies. Verse 11. Romans eight eleven. The Bible says. But if the spirit of him. That raised Jesus from the dead. Dwell in you. He that raised up Jesus from the dead. Shall also quicken your mortal bodies. By the spirit that dwelleth in you. Hallelujah. Therefore brethren. We are debtors. Not to the flesh to live after the flesh. For if we live after the flesh we should die. But if through the Spirit we motive, modify the deeds of the body, we shall live. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. So the Bible is saying here that the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. So if that Spirit could raise Jesus from the dead, that Spirit can raise you from a headache, Amen. from a backache, from, from uh, symptoms of coronavirus. Amen. It can raise you from a bed of cancer. It can raise you from any kind of sickness and disease. And so we are not waiting just for God to heal. God is saying it's time to arise. Stand up. Refuse to be oppressed. He can raise you up from a bed and, and, and of fear. He can raise you up from poverty to prosperity. He can raise you up from, from, from being nobody. Nobody knows you from being a mediocre to someone who is a leadership. He can raise you up. From the dung hill. And set you among princes. But the Bible says that you first of all have to arise from the inside. You have to lift up your eyes and turn around. You have to begin to see things different from the way you saw them before. And once you can change your mindset and you arise. Then things are going to begin to happen to you. Somebody say hallelujah. So number one you have to arise in your faith. Don't somebody say arise in your faith. Say it louder if you are home. Turn to someone. Say, "Arise in your faith." Arise in your faith. Don't let your faith be dormant. Stay up yourself in your faith. So, what is faith? Faith is hearing God's word, believing God's word, and speaking God's word. Don't. That's why this is not a season to cower in fear and to worry at home and begin to get sad and wonder what's going to happen with our finances, what's going to happen with our health, who is going to catch it. No, this is the time to. To arise in your faith. Begin to speak to your body. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Begin to confess and declare concerning your home. No sickness is coming to this house. Everyone is anointed in this house. We are not of those who catch sickness. We are of those who heal sickness and disease. Anyone who comes in touch with us, who comes in contact with us, they will receive divine life. And if they were sick, they will be healed. You have to begin to declare those things. That's the way you arise. Yeah. You know, some people just don't say much in times like this. They listen to the, to, to, to the television. They listen to news. They repeat news from, to one another. They ask each other how, how, how many people died last, last night from coronavirus. <laughs> What's the latest statistics? And, and the things you keep saying and hearing and saying, what happens? You keep receiving them. So if you are going to arise, arise means you have to change your position. You have to come out from a status and enter into a different kind of lifestyle. You are going to have to stir up your faith. The Bible said, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. Joshua chapter number one. But thou shalt meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do according to what is written there. And you may have great success, and you have a prosperous life. So you cannot begin to use your mouth to speak evil or to speak fear, to speak unbelief and worry. You need to arise in your faith. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, when you begin to speak faith, people will think you're crazy. That's what they thought about Jesus. Actually, they thought he was a lunatic. He lost his mind. Because he was speaking according to God's word. So Jesus died, was buried, on the third day he rose up. But the Bible says just the way he rose up, we are supposed to rise up too. Somebody say, Hallelujah. Let's go to Romans chapter number six. I know that um, some of this was taught during the school of the word this morning. And didn't we have a great time in school of the word? Hallelujah. <laughs> We got to see many people we haven't seen for a couple of weeks, and it was fun uh, using the the new media technology to have classes, you know. Some people say, maybe we should continue. No, 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 we won't continue. When when it's time to come back, we should come back together. Amen. I I was told that uh, some of the stores are actually selling more of tops than bottoms now. Because people are doing a lot of video conferences. They just buy shirts. They don't bother to buy parts. They wear, they wear the 90s on that, but they just look nice. They wear a nice shirt, comb their hair, and they keep the camera up there. <laughs> we want to make sure that everyone is looking good from top to bottom. Praise God. And the Bible says, don't neglect the assembly of yourself together. You know, some people have said, well, maybe... You know internet is the future of the church the answer is no 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 it's not it's not it's not it's it can be a tool to be used but there is a need for the gathering together somebody say hallelujah, hallelujah. there's a need for the gathering together the bible says we are one body if we start to split the person and put the electronics in between and different places it's not going to work they need to be a coming together Praise God. Now, we cannot be stopped if we have to go and be in different places. But there's need for coming together. In short, that's one of the things that rapture will do. Bring us together as one body in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So, as soon as it's time to get out of your home, get out of your home, come to church. Amen. Uh, In every part of the world. So, Romans chapter number 6. Let's start from verse 1. The Bible says... uh, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? What's the answer to that? God forbid. You know, we've been talking about that in the school of the word, that grace is not a license to sin. In short, grace is a license for holiness. Right? If you have grace, you can live right. The Bible says what the law could not do in that it was weak, God did in sending Christ in the form of flesh. That means the law could not make anyone live right. But grace can. Grace can help us live right. Amen. Amen. And we need to stop saying, nobody can be perfect. Nobody can live right. That is a message against the grace of God. God can make people perfect. And he says he will. He said, be thou perfect, even as your heavenly father is perfect. I wonder why many believers don't preach from those verses of scriptures. It can be done. Paul said, I don't count myself to be perfect. But the Bible didn't say we should look unto Paul and be like Paul. He said we should look unto who? To Jesus and be like Jesus. And Jesus is perfect. He's our perfect example. And that's where we are going to. Thank God for Paul he gave us an example. But where he stopped, we keep going. Somebody say, Hallelujah. Until we be like him, Jesus Christ. Fully formed, not tossed to and fro by any wing of doctrine, but growing on to him in all things and become a perfect man, an exact measure of the fullness of Christ. Is there in Ephesians chapter number four. So we, we, are not, we are not just trying to be like Paul. Thank God. Paul is a good example. Our, our vision is Jesus Christ. God is, Paul has taught us, showed us, But we are not stopping where He stopped. We are pressing on to that point. The mark of the prize. And it's to know Him and to be as He is. Romans chapter number 6 again. So we continue. What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? The Bible says, God forbid. What shall we say? What shall we that are dead to sin... Again, I repeat verse 2. God forbid. How shall we that are dead to sin live any longer therein? Verse 3. Know ye not? It's, it's telling you, don't you understand that so many of us that we are baptized unto Christ, we are baptized unto his death. Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism unto death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of God, even so, even so, in the same manner that Jesus rose up, we should walk in newness of life. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Resurrection Sunday is not just talking about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's talking about you and I resurrected, rising up like Jesus did. Now, what benefit would it be to us if Jesus died and he rose again and we refuse to rise? And we stay in sin. We stay in poverty. We stay in fear. We stay in death. Then his death, his burial, and his resurrection has no impact in our life. The only good or the good of his death, burial, and resurrection is that we rise with him. And so this morning... I'm saying, don't just let Jesus be the only one who resurrected on Easter Sunday. We have to rise too. Somebody say, hallelujah. 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 I say, "Hallelujah." hallelujah. He said, therefore, we were buried with him with baptism unto death. So when we got baptized, it was an indication that we died with Christ. That as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, Even so, we should walk in newness of life. Next verse. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall also in the likeness of his resurrection. Next verse. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. For he that is dead is freed from sin. Tell somebody I'm freed from sin. Say it again. I'm, freed from sin. I'm free from sin. Tell the person I died with Christ. Died with Christ. So I'm free, I'm free from sin. Again, that's a new. That may be a new message for many believers. People say, "No, we can never be free from sin until you died." Yes, that's what I'm telling you. You died. Praise God. <laughs> you died with Christ. Now, why am I saying you need to stir up your faith? You need to awaken with your faith because it takes faith to believe this. The reason why people are living the way they are, less than what the Word of God says, oppressed by circumstances and situations, not living as a resurrected being, is because they have not come to believe the Word of God. Instead, they, they believe what they feel, they believe what everybody says is in statistics, they believe what they hear, they just believe the way the whole world is living. The Bible says the whole world is in darkness, out of cause. I've heard even where many ministers say, well, we know that no one can live above sin. At least you can look around, you can tell. Just because everybody around you is is living in sin doesn't mean that no one can live above sin. Statistics is not the indicator of the word God. People say nobody can overcome death. Everybody's dying. Just because everybody's dying does not mean no one can overcome death. Go back in history a little bit. You see some folks who did not die. Praise God. Enough, just would not see death. He walked with God. The Bible didn't say he was special. He just said he walked with God. If you walk with God well enough, somebody say, Hallelujah! Hallelujah. And the Bible says, It's by faith. Faith. So, stir up your faith. Stir up your faith. Begin to walk with God. The Bible says, Without faith, you cannot please God. And it was was written that he pleased God. Amen. So, stir up your faith. Jesus rose from the dead so that we too can rise up from being subject to sin, to poverty, and to death. Verse 8. Now, if we, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. Amen. Knowing that Christ being raised from the dead died no more. Death had no more dominion over him. Verse, next verse. For in that he died, he died unto sin once. How many times? Once. But in that he lived, he lived unto God. Likewise. What does it mean to likewise? The word likewise, likewise. In the same way, just the same way Christ died and he doesn't die anymore. Just the same way sin has no more dominion over him. Just the same way he's only allowed to die once. In the same way, reckon yourself. (laughs) I like the word reckon. I said I like the word reckon. What does it mean to reckon? You have to receive it. Put it in your own account. (laughs) Praise the name of God. I said praise the name of God. You know, uh, if you have a big business, uh, you usually have an accountant, right? An accountant records things. He, he balances the books. If you walk in the bank or things like that. Now, the accountant doesn't always have to go to the vault to go and check how much is in there, right? What he has to deal with is the information that is coming in, that this is the amount that should be there. Or not. The same thing with even a store that has inventory. Uh, there's someone who records it and he checks the computer and says, um, you say, maybe you want to buy a cell phone. He says, oh, do we have that cell phone? Let me check the inventory. Then he checks the inventory. Then he says, we don't have a cell phone. We don't have that, that kind. Or maybe somebody in the bank says, okay, uh, I came to withdraw an amount. And you check his account. And then he says, no, um, uh, you don't have that much in your account. You want 50000 I can only see $25,000. Then he says, no. I Have 50,000. You said, No, I am checking your account, it doesn't show. Then you bring proof. Someone say, Hallelujah! The deposit slip that you deposited 25 or 30,000 the day before. Amen. And you say, Oh, wait a minute, maybe we didn't put it in the account. What do you have to now do? You have to recon, you have to now. Put it in the account that it was there, Even though you were not seeing it before, now you have to reckon it. The Bible says you must reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin. So maybe you are looking at your account before. It looks like you are just an ordinary man. It looks like you are subject to death. It looks like you are subject to sickness, subject to coronavirus, subject to pandemics or poverty. He says, no, reckon yourself. To be dead indeed to sin. And a life unto God. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. So likewise reckon yourself to be dead indeed to sin. But a life unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Next verse. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies. That you should obey it in the lost thereof. Next verse. Faster. Hallelujah. 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 Neither yield your members as instruments for unrighteousness, unto sin, but use yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. I repeat, neither yield yourself as members of uh, neither yield your, 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 your members as instruments of righteousness, unto sin. Again, neither yield your, your members as instruments of unrighteousness. thank you unto sin but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead that means that if you are still committing sin you think you are dead in sin if you reckon yourself to be dead to sin you will no longer respond and allow your body to be used for sin you can't just let your mouth say anything, your eyes look at anything, your body go anywhere. You, you, you yield yourself as instruments of righteousness. He said, but yield yourself as instruments, as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Next verse. For sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under the law but under grace. Somebody say Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Hallelujah. So as we celebrate Resurrection Sunday, we should not just be thinking about Jesus rose from the dead. What should we be thinking about too? We have risen from the dead. What does it mean to rise from the dead? Death here refers to darkness, refers to poverty, refers to sickness. It refers to physical death, spiritual death, eternal death. Everything that has to do with the devil. The Bible says the devil is he that had the power of death. And we have been released from it. But the Bible says you have to rise up from the dead. He said, I wait to righteousness and I sin. He no, said, rise up from the dead and Christ will give you light. Many Christians are still walking like they are dead. But Ephesians says, we were dead in sin. But Christ has come and it's time to arise. And that's why we can't keep saying we are ordinary sinners. We are ordinary human beings. We are just men. No, rise up! You are not an ordinary man. You are a child of God. You are born again. Your old man was crucified with Christ. Your nature of sin was destroyed. Sin has no more dominion over you because you are not under the law, but you are under grace. So rise up. Rise in your faith. Begin to declare yourself as as a child of God. Somebody say hallelujah. Stay up your faith. Stay it up. If if, If sin has no dominion over you, guess what? Sickness has no dominion over you. Poverty has no dominion over you. know. People don't seem to connect the dots. Jesus was a holy man. Had no sin. They killed him. He refused to die. He woke up on the third day. Why do you think that? The Bible said the spirit of holiness. If you are free from sin, you are free from disease. Because the day he dealt with sin, he dealt with disease. They go together. The Bible said Jesus, they brought a man who was was paralyzed. And Jesus said to the man... Get up, your sins are forgiven. And they say, what does it mean? Who is is, is this man having power to forgive sins? See, which one is easier to say? Get up, your sins be forgiven. Or arise, take up your bed and walk. Why? Because sin and sickness are connected. And so even if you didn't commit sin, and sin came by inheritance, Jesus Christ came that he might crucify the nature of sin and release us who through the fear of death was all our lifetime subject to bondage. But there is an instruction. Arise, Arise. Lift up your eyes. Roundabout. Don't look the way people look. Don't think the way people think. The Bible says if you keep looking at yourself the way people look at themselves, natural men, then people will die like natural men. But thank God for the resurrection. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. So stir up yourself in your faith. Begin to declare what God says about you. No, the Bible says, Jesus will say often to them, I'm from above. You are from beneath." It says, before Abraham was, I am. People were crazy. They were so mad, they picked up stones. So if you start saying, I'm not from here, and people are only looking at you with a bad eye, that's not bad. They've not picked up stones yet. So you haven't confessed to the level yet where people will have to pick stones. There are times they did not only pick up stones. They pushed into the edge of the cliff to throw him over. Not because he was cursing them out. Why? Because he was making confessions about himself they could not comprehend. They thought this was blasphemy. You, not only 50 years, you are saying that before Abraham was you are. You are calling yourself the son of God. You are saying you are from heaven. We know your parents. And they thought this guy was just cuckoo. Praise God. Like they would say in Spanish, loco. Guy thought this guy was loco. Praise God. <laughs> but he wasn't loco. He wasn't, he wasn't crazy. He just knew what they did not know. He understood from where he came. He said, I am from above. He said, if I, were to, if I were to say I'm not, I don't know him, then I would be a liar just like you. I know where I came from. I came from heaven. And he was born by a virgin Mary. He grew up drinking milk. So how did he know he came from heaven? By revelation. He saw it in the scripture. He believed what God said about him. And he confessed it. It was not because one big thing happened. And, and he saw his body... Changing color. No, he had to walk by faith. The Bible tells us the way he was raised from the dead was by faith. Hebrews says he cried with fervent cries to him that was able to raise him from the dead. And he was heard in that he feared, which he, he revered the word of God. He gave reverence to the word of God. That's why he was risen from the dead. He was raised from the dead. So he was just like one of us. But he received God's word, the spirit of God. He believed what the Bible said about him. And he began to confess it. And he was raised from the dead. Hallelujah! I say, hallelujah. And you know what we should be doing when when it's sister Sunday? If Jesus rose up from the dead, I can be raised up too. I can come out of every situation. I can come out from every trouble. Why? Because he rose up from the dead, not only on our behalf, but an example of sons of God. Once you are born again, the same spirit. That raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of you. And that same spirit we gave Zoe to your mortal body. So, no matter what you may be going through, maybe you're hearing the sound of my voice and there are symptoms in your body, or you have given a diagnosis that there is a problem. It could be what's going on right now. They call the pandemic or something even different cancer or, you know, hypertension. Let me tell you, you can rise up from that. Somebody say, Hallelujah. Because Jesus now lives in you. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now lives inside of you. That same spirit gives away to your body. You can come out of that situation if you would believe like Jesus believed and speak like Jesus spoke. If you put your faith in God's word. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. So arise, stay up your faith. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. How do you do that? By reason of the word of God. Spend time, meditate on the word. Alright, Stop saying negative stuff. Stop thinking negative stuff. Stop seeing yourself oppressed and weak. Stop singing unbelieving songs. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. Songs like I'm only human. I'm just a man. It's a, it's a bad day. It's a, it's a blue day. We are just managing true life. All those kind of tongue songs, they are unbelieving songs in this light of the new covenant. We have to begin to put the word of God in our mouth. Seasons like these, sons of God shall arise. Somebody say, hallelujah. I say, sons of God shall arise. There should be people who they say, coronavirus has no power over these people. How come? None of them is getting sick. None of them is afraid. They're just acting like they're in a bubble. Yeah, we are in a faith bubble. Praise God. But you can't stay that way if one day you confess the word of God, the next day you confess the way you feel, You confess everything everybody else is saying. You worry. You cry. You beg. And then suddenly you come back to church. And then you begin to hear again. And you say, preachy pastor. Hey, thank you. And then you go back home and then you continue the normal life. You you can't stay out. You can't stay out. You need to arise from those thoughts. You need to lift up your eyes. You're not like everybody else. You're sons of God. Jesus died for us so that we don't have to die anymore so that we will not be subject to sin to disease to poverty and to death somebody say hallelujah yeah. we have to rise up away from this so the first point is to rise up in your faith don't somebody say rise up in your faith rise up in your faith say rise up in what you believe, what you believe. and what you are saying, saying. somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah i say hallelujah, hallelujah. We teach this all the time, but it's time to rise. When say "Arise." He said, lift up your eyes. The second point I want to mention is that you have to rise up from sadness to joy. The first one is rise up in your faith. Rise up from unbelief to faith. Rise up from doubting, oscillating in your faith. Become established in your faith. The second thing, you need to rise up from sadness to joy. You need to arise. Somebody say hallelujah. You know, sometimes when you hear people pray, you know, maybe they are praying for something to change, like this pandemic going on. The first week, some of them are excited. In the name of Jesus, pandemic, I command, go, flee, die, vanish. Then the thing stays for two months. They begin to say, oh, no, go now. Pandemic, we're how long now? Their faith is gone. Yeah. How do you know? Because their joy oh boy, is boy, gone. <laughs> Praise God. So, more than ever, someone say hallelujah. <laughs> Wake up in the morning and say, ah, God reigns. Hey, begin to rejoice. Rise up. The enemy tries to put a cloak of sadness. Let's look at Isaiah 61, the very next chapter to 60. He says we should put on the garments of praise. What does it mean to put on? You have to wear it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Verse 1, Isaiah 61, verse 1, He says, And the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to bind the broken-hearted, to preach, proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of Praising to them that abound. Praise God. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all those that mourn. Two, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for for, for mourning, the garments of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall build the old waste, and they shall rise up the former dissolutions, and they shall repair the waste cities and desolate uh, dissolutions of many generations. And strangers, we stand and feed your flock. Somebody say hallelujah. hallelujah. But before all these things happen, what, what will have to happen? You have to put away the, the spirit of heaviness and put on what? The garments of praise. These things are not happening for the guy who is heavy. That's why I keep telling my children, move fast. Because when you are moving like it, it means that you are with spirit of heaviness. i feeling heavy. You can't move your leg. When you have the garments of praise, you are quick. Somebody say, hallelujah. <laughs> you are excited about life. Then we say, Pastor, you don't know what's going on. Ah, I don't even know where I'm going to get my next meal. I don't know whether my job is going to work. Now I have a challenge with this uh, pandemic. We don't, have, we don't know if we're going to, have to get paid. What about my rent? If you keep thinking like that, you may be in the street not too long. Because the word of God can work for you. But if you are right, somebody someone say, Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You put on the garments of praise. You don't know where it's going to come from, but you know who it's going to come from. You you don't know how it's going to come, but you know from where it's going to come. And you begin to praise him. Wake up in the morning and say, Ah, God, Ray! (laughs) People say, why are you laughing? Did Did you get a new job? You say, I got more than that. I have the word of God. All things work together for my good. So you put on the garments of praise. You put it on. You deliberately put it on. Not just once a while. You're gonna to have to stay in that garment. So that all the, the promises of God will come to pass in your life. So this is not a time to be sad. I've been saying it over and over again. One of the greatest attacks the enemy is doing is the attack of fear. Because fear makes Bible say fear has torment. People who are afraid are not rejoicing. They are worried. They are sad. Some of them are burning down poles. Praise God. I said praise the Lord. It's fear. It's fear. The enemy has not only added, you know, brought up what you call corona pandemic. It has, he has brought other kinds of pandemics. Other kinds of fears. Some people are afraid of telephones, are afraid of telephone poles, 5G, 3G. There are all kinds of fear out there. The Bible said, fear not, only believe. If coronavirus cannot destroy you, can 5G destroy you? Ah, Let me come this way. I can see some people on this side of the screen. Praise God. All of it is dumb, dumb fear. He's looking for the car. Will will you fear coronavirus? Okay, you don't want to fear coronavirus. Look at another one. Anything he can use to perpetuate fear, he would. Because fear destroys. Fear connects the person to what he's afraid of. So if you're afraid of coronavirus, you become susceptible to coronavirus. If you're afraid of 5G... Even the 3G in your pocket will begin to graduate to you. you begin to feel sick because of your 4G. Oh you have to be delivered from fear. Amen. Praise God. Let me put it this way. You can't stop the progress of technology. It's in going to be... In, what the Bible tells us it's going to happen in these last days. There are going to be other things out there, but you can be exempt from it. And you can preach the gospel for others to be exempt. If you burn one pole, guess what they are going to do? They put three more poles. Three more poles. We're going to have to stand in the word of God and refuse to fear. Is there a virus out there? Probably there is. But it has no power over us. You're born again. You're exorated with Christ Jesus. You are living free from sin, sickness, disease, or any kind of fear or death. Because greater is He that is in that is in you. Are there radiations out there? Probably. But ask uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how hot was the flame when they went through? <laughs> they didn't stop the king from turning on the flame. They just walked with the fourth man. Somebody say, hallelujah. Ah, You're going to have to protect your heart from fear. Amen. When people are sad, they are worried, they are afraid to come out. <laughs> now, people have to stay home because government says some people to stay home. But without the government's instructions, who knows, you know, of you know, we ought not to be cowering and staying home. We are not staying home because we are afraid of coronavirus. We shouldn't be. Praise God. Ideally, the believer should be on the front line. We should be preaching the gospel, laying hands on the sick. We are the most essential workers. Uh, But not everyone believes this. Not everyone in church believes this. And that's why we need to preach. You know, in this season where we celebrate Easter and the resurrection of our Lord, it can be painful to see how people still live. The Bible says in First Peter that the angels uh, in Peter first or second, that the angels were looking forward to the time they were talking about how when Jesus would come and the glory that shall be revealed thereafter. I wonder if Isaiah would come now and enter a church and see everyone running to hide. whether he will, whether he will, uh, whether he will be glad that this was what he was prophesying about. So we have to stir up our faith, stay up our joy. One of the proof that you are not afraid is that you are joyful. Praise God. I said praise the Lord. You know those of you here, you have to speak for those who are not here. Praise the Lord. Hey, the praise of God still has to go up. It doesn't matter. You have been selected as essential workers. So you better be essential praisers. Praise God's word, God must be praised no matter what's going on Amen so we have to arise and don't let anything make you sad, Amen the government is not the one that is responsible for our finances, God is and he will supply all our needs third point and I'm beginning to round up you have to arise from poverty unto prosperity Amen this is not the time to be poor if you look through the scriptures, most of the time when there was problem in the world was when, where it was transferred into the hands of the righteous. Right? Look at the time of Egypt. You know it was not only Joseph that God blessed during the, the famine at that time. The whole of Egypt God blessed because of Joseph. The Bible says that even all the people of Egypt, they now sold their lands and property to Pharaoh. That was one of the first times Pharaoh became the owner of Egypt because of the wisdom that Joseph gave him. So money got transferred. People, because of the pressure, began to give up their substance. Money is being transferred at this point too. So you have, to, you have to arise, lift up your eyes from saying, What are we going to eat and drink? and begin to look at wealth coming to you. Isaiah 6 says, If you look lift up your eyes, he said that the multitudes of, of the, the strength and the wealth of the Gentiles shall be converted to you. This is the time of financial increase for the church. So arise. Stop looking down. Stop getting sad. Stop getting worried. This is the time to stay up yourself to say, money is coming to me this season. Lord, give me wisdom. Show me what to do to gain this world. Praise God. And God will give us ideas. God will give us inventions. God will give us means to make an impact. There are things that you can be created to help. Listen, after this pandemic the world is not going to be the same again. People are going to change. I just read in a couple of days ago that certain airlines are actually retiring some of their planes permanently because they don't think people are going to fly the way they used to fly anymore. So there's going to be a change of culture. People's attitudes are going to change and people who are going to listen to the Holy Ghost on how to cash in on it are going to begin to make money. (laughs) Why some are coming out, some are going in. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why some businesses are closing up, some are starting new businesses. Right? There are some who are going to fold up because they they won't be able to meet up. But that creates opportunity for new businesses. So this is not a time to look down. This is a time to look up. You're going to have to ask God, what do I do in this season? enter into prosperity so Jesus did not only die so that we just go to heaven, he suffered and died so that we will not be poor and be sick, all of these are part of our redemption so we have to lift our eyes and begin to see ourselves rich amen if you find yourself challenged seeing yourself rich, help your vision Buy yourself an expensive coat. Somebody say hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why do you think the brothers of Joseph were angry at him? Because he had an expensive coat of many colors. The house was just one color, gray or black. (laughs) His was an indication that he was peculiar. He was rich. Get yourself something expensive and begin to see yourself as rich. Your vision about yourself makes a difference. And that's what we are saying, arise. Arise is not only just just sit down, just get up. Then you get tired, then you sit again. (laughs) You rise from inside. You change the way you think. You begin to see yourself in a different level. And the Bible calls it the fight of faith. Your mind keeps seeing yourself just managing to pay your bills. Just managing to survive. Just managing to get stuck. You're going to have to change that mindset. Praise God. Nobody can do it for you. Nobody can do it for you. Nobody can do it for you. The the, the reason why we are where we are has nothing to do really with our education, our financial status, the city we're in. It has a lot to do with our mindset, how we think. Praise God. When myself and my wife came into this country, we didn't have much money. We came in with just $100. Couple of years later, we began to believe for a house. We looked for small, small houses. It didn't work because our number had increased. <laughs> we had to believe for more. Do we have money to buy it? No. We had no money for down payment. We did not even know how we were going to pay the the, the rent because the mortgage, if we had one. But we we increased our faith. Praise God. We saw a vision of the kind of place we wanted. I remember almost two years we were looking for property. We see some pastor, of we say, no, not this one. I'm like, oh, no, here we go again. <laughs> this is nice. I said, don't you think this fits us? I said, no, no, I don't see this one. Well, I have to go and pray again. We see another one, even bigger than our. I said, no, no, not this one. And then when we saw the one we, we, start, we moved into, it, as soon as we saw it, we said, this is the one. We didn't even know the price. We just knew. It was not by money. It was by faith. Only to find out that it had been in the market, taking out, uh, banks were having issues. The longer and short of the story, we bought the house, not a down payment. Yeah. Somebody said, hallelujah. When we went to closing, they gave us money yeah. to come out. Came out with $6,000 in close income. We didn't, we, didn't, we didn't try to write too many things, documents. We had none. We had no documents. We were full-time. We pay ourselves. We just told them we could afford it. Somebody say, hallelujah. hallelujah. Yeah. But we were walking by faith. And now we are lifting our eyes even more. Somebody say, hallelujah. hallelujah. Praise the name of God. Sometimes you have to believe God for beyond what you are naturally able to. You have to stretch your faith. But it starts by seeing yourself different. Seeing yourself different. Not that you are just battling physically to get there. You have to change the picture in your eye, in your heart. And you can do that by studying the word, by looking at, at visions and dreams and expectations of people. And begin to see yourself that way. When the picture inside changes, the external will start changing also. That's why he said lift up your eyes. Lift up your expectation. Lift up your eyes. The challenge is not on the external. The challenge usually comes from the way you see yourself. So this period, don't don't look down. Don't worry. Don't say, what are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? Jesus said we shouldn't worry about those things. He said, look at the ribbons. So, once you are beginning to worry about your salary, go outside, start looking at the beds. Did Jesus tell us to do that? Yeah. They are still singing at this time. They are not worried about coronavirus. They are not worried about that the government is shutting down. The one who supplies their needs don't go and break. And then God just shows their way to get the right worms. Praise God. The ones who refuse to sink don't get no worms. Hallelujah. Yay. So lift up your eyes, arise. Then three We need to arise in our finances, right? The first arise in your faith uh from 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 doubt to faith, arise from sadness to joy. Arise from poverty to prosperity. Somebody say hallelujah. Stay up yourself to believe for more. Let me tell you this. The truth is that every believer should come out of this pandemic richer than they went into it. You should. Pastor B was mentioning it. Some people are not realizing there's a lot of money coming back to people at this point. Some are coming from government. Some are coming from banks. Some are coming from insurance companies. Some are, you know, if you know, if you work with wisdom, you're going to come out richer than you enter. Praise God. Some mortgages can be moved three months, no payment. You use that money, pay off of your credit card, and you are debt-free. You are not paying interest, and by time it comes, you cannot pay them. You can come out richer than you got in. You just have to be wise. And then the government will give you money back, too. That's apart from the fact that God will give you wisdom on how to invest. Praise God. So these are these are times for increase financially. This is a time to think, Lord, what do I need to do to grow? If for any reason anybody loses their job, don't be sad. That's a promotion. It means, means it's time to get into something better. Right? right. So take, take your, 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 your dismissal letter. Begin to rejoice over it. Say, Lord, what's the next, next level to go to? Show me what to do. But Don't be sad. Don't be depressed. Your faith don't work in such circumstances. So, this is a time for increase. Amen. Right? Amen. As a church, this is a time for increase. Amen. When it's over, we are moving to a bigger place. Hallelujah! We are moving, we're moving up. We're not we are not drawing back. That's why sometimes the Bible says that those who, who hold back, you see, they tend to poverty. This is not the time to, to hold your money. This is the time to release it, to invest it, give it for the kingdom. Use it to be a blessing. And believe God for increase. And money is coming to our hands. Large sums, Large sums. Fourth, and I'll begin to round up with that. We also need to stir up. Arise into the gift. The gifts and the fruit of the Holy Spirit. May I actually say it the other way. Arise into the fruit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You know, too many Christians still operate just like ordinary human beings. They are easily offended, easily hurt, no peace, no patience, no kindness. The Bible says that we must put to death the natural man and the misdeeds. And then we must live like those who are, who, are, who, are, who, are, who are raised from the dead. Dead men don't keep grudges. Dead men can be patient. They're not hurting anywhere. They're not easily sad. Their face stays the same. Doesn't move. <laughs> Praise God. The Bible says we should live like those who, are, who, are, who have been raised from the dead. We can't be easily offended. This is the time to arise. Arise from that natural way of living into a supernatural way. We need to begin to stir up the fruit of the Spirit of God inside of us. Love. Joy. What's the opposite of love? Self-centeredness. Selfishness. All about me, I, myself. And the sad thing about someone who is not walking in love is that the person is always thinking other oh, people are not walking in love towards them. Because they are always concerned about who? Amen. Praise God. So we have to begin to walk in love. It does not matter how people treats you. Treat you. What matters is how you treat people. I thought I was going to hear it louder. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Ooh, hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. Praise the name of God. We're going to have to practice that. Stay up yourself. You have to die to the old self mindset. Amen. And you have to begin to think on how to give. How to love. You know, this time some people are stuck at home with each other. If you don't walk in love, they will hammer one another with a hammer. (laughs) But instead, what should happen? Should come on renewed. Get to know one another more. Talk to one another. Not one sitting facing the television, you know one sitting facing the radio. Praise God. <laughs> or the Internet, that's what they have that. People don't use radio anymore. But instead, sit down, discuss. find out what each other wants. Don't just be about your own world. Love. Say nice things. Someone say, "Hallelujah. Spend time with your children. Talk to them. Ask them about their schoolwork. Say amen. Continue. Keep skip, skip the amen coming. Amen. <laughs> because it's important. One of the reasons why some people are concerned that this thing shouldn't go too long. They don't want people to, to kill each other at home. Yeah, I've heard some psychologists say that. Uh, some people are going to get, there's some children are going to be so abused. Some people say, why do they want to have visual? Let them just do audio. Because they want to see the children and they still have their eyes. Yeah. And their ears are still there. That's one reason why they ask them to come to school. They get to, they get to look at them that they are, they are intact. Because if people don't, sometimes, not everywhere, but sometimes people can be easily abused. And times like this, you need to walk in love. Amen. Hallelujah. I say hallelujah. Some people can't stand other people for long periods. Now you have to not only stand, you have to sit with her. <laughs> Hallelujah. And that's a good thing. It takes love to forgive. You know, people ask me all the time, you and your wife, you spend such, such a long time together. You walk together, you, you fly together. Yeah, we have had to learn how to love one another. Right? It takes, it takes discipline. It takes, it takes not being self-centered to walk in love. And so you have to practice it this time. That is one of the things Jesus came to uh, deliver us from. He, rose, he wants us to rise up from being just ordinary humans, walking in the flesh, to walking in the fruit of the Spirit. Love, we already talked about joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Faithfulness means consistency in doing the right thing for a long time. Amen. Amen. Especially also when it has to do with something that belongs to somebody else. Being faithful, being trustworthy. People can leave things to you and you still do it the way it ought to be done. Not changing it around to suit your own purpose. We have to learn to be faithful. Amen. Amen. Gentleness. That's humility. Pride is one of the major challenges for many people. Bible says pride always goes before a fall. And pride is always self-exalting. I, me, I, me, me, no, me, I don't like, I don't want, I don't think, I, I, I. When there's a lot of eyes, you know that the person has some issue with pride. You have to deal with that. Pride is an interrupter. Pride doesn't let you talk. Because they think they know everything about everything, concerning everything. So just hear everything I have to say. And don't argue, don't talk, don't respond. That's pride. You have to speak and you have to listen. In short, a wise man listens more than he talks. A humble man will learn from, 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 from a child more than a proud man will learn from a wise man. Because he's able to hear. So stay yourself up in the fruit of the spirit and stir yourself up in the gifts of the spirit somebody say hallelujah, hallelujah. So this period is the time to pray in tongues and sharpen your gifts. Yeah. If you're home, spend time reading the scriptures yeah. listen to the Holy Ghost. I heard somebody say yesterday that isolation is not always a bad thing. many times people are isolated they get they got revelation. When, when John was isolated to the island of Patmos, he wrote the book of Revelation. Amen. So if you're isolated in your house, write Revelation down. Write a book. Right? right? The same thing. Paul had to be away for a while when he wrote some of this, some of this the, the, the episodes. He was in jail in some of them. It was locked down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was on lockdown and he wrote books. He wrote books. So if you have been dreaming about books, this is the time to write some. Amen. Take the time, write them. That could be a means of wealth transfer. Right? right. Write your vision down. The Bible says make it plain. Plan your time. you discover that the time you thought was so much, it's not really so much. And stay up the gifts. Pray in tongues. Let, the, let there be visions and dreams. And begin to ask the Holy Ghost, how can I be a better minister to other people? The Holy Ghost will show you. You don't have to even travel with time. You can call someone and give the person a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, minister to the person over the phone, and that person would repent, give their lives to Christ, and become believers and become a blessing to you. Hallelujah. I say, Hallelujah. I say, Hallelujah. So stay up the gifts of the Spirit. Begin to ask the Lord for more manifestations of the Spirit. You know, many people just like to acknowledge other people who have been in the, in the things of the Spirit. They see uh, people who are out there or people who have passed on, who walked in supernatural manifestations of healing and miracles, word of wisdom, word of knowledge. We know of people like Catherine Comer and all of that. I mean, those people, many of them have gone. We need people to stand in their shoes today. This time, spend the time. Stay up yourself. Come out from just ordinary believer living without signs. Stay up the gifts of the Spirit of God. Begin to desire earnestly the best gifts. Pray for them. Seek them. Study after them. The Bible says if you you seek earnestly, you will find it. You will get it. Find that the people who are walking in the gifts, it's not just that it just fell on them. Maybe some, maybe somebody prayed for them. Sometimes families have been praying for years and one person receives the manifestation. But most of the time, these people spend time seeking after these gates. They say, Lord, Anoint me with fresh oil. I want the gifts of word of knowledge. I want to be able to know accurately. I want to be able to minister accurately. I don't just want the words I speak to just be ordinary words. Let it be anointed. Let there be revelation in my ministry. As I speak, give me, give me the, 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 the words that will that will minister life to them. Show me what's going on in their life so that I can address those issues specifically. And you spend time praying. So prayer is not just give me rice, give me shoe, give me beans, give me dodo, and then bless it with oil. You know, you pray for the things that have to do with other people. Amen. That's why that's why you can pray long hours, right? You don't necessarily pray for the same thing for four or five hours. You can if the spirit of God, asks you to stay there until you receive. But the idea is that there's a lot to pray about. Amen. If you are a pastor, you have members. Pray for each one. Call their name. And as you are praying for them, the Spirit of God will show you what's going on with their individual. If you are a School of the World teacher or a Sunday school teacher, call the individual members. If you are are a ministry group leader, call the individual members. Pray for them in the Spirit. Write down what the Spirit of God says about them. Minister it to them. You discover that your ministry will increase. It will grow. Because people are dealing with spiritual challenges. And it takes people... Uh, to stand on behalf of them sometimes. So this period arise. Tell somebody arise. arise. And, shine. and shine. Say your light, is come. your light is come. Say the glory of God is risen upon you. Glory. And tell the person as you rise. As you, rise, as you, arise, as you say, arise. Say Gentiles are coming to your light. And kings are coming to the brightness of your rising. They are coming with gold and silver. Gold and silver. Wealth, is wealth is being transferred into your hand. Abundant wealth is coming to you. Is coming As, Jesus to you. Dead, As Jesus rose from the dead, so now do you rise up from every challenge that is facing you. Arise. Is Arise. Shine. Shine. Your, light your light is come. In Jesus' name. Let's go ahead and give your Lord a praise. Hallelujah. Father, we give you praise. We give you praise. We rejoice for Jesus dying for us. And now we too are raising up from the dead with him. We thank you that sickness has no dominion over us. Neither does poverty or fear. I declare that the spirit of to rise is coming upon each one hearing the sound of my voice. Coming out of poverty, coming out of obscurity, coming out of sadness, coming out of lack, coming out of walking in the flesh into walking in the spirit that indeed we all will become demonstrated as sons of God. There is not one weak amongst us, not one poor, not one oppressed, not one walking in fear. We are delivered from the dominion of darkness. We arise, we lift up our eyes, we see your picture concerning us and we are changed into that, that image from glory to glory to glory even as by the spirit of god in the name of jesus magredos gahalama baritos if you're watching this and you're sick in any part of your body you can just put your hand where the pain is or if it's something you can't reach you can put your hand on your chest If you are suffering from any kind of symptom or things that are going on out there that is called uh, uh, respiratory uh, problems that comes from the virus, you can put your hand on your chest. The healing power of God is coming upon you and you can be healed and you will be healed from every kind of sickness and disease. That Jesus gave us power in Matthew chapter number 10, in Luke chapter number 9 and Luke chapter number 10, over every manner of sickness and disease. He said, what we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And so right now in the name of Jesus I come against every sickness Coronavirus, ailments, I lose, I command you, lose your hand from everyone that is hearing the sound of my voice. I say, be healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I come against cancer, I come against heart diseases, high blood pressure, I come against glaucoma, I come against bone marrow diseases, back pains, ear problems. Yes, someone is getting healed of the back right now. As I just mentioned, back pain, there was a, there was, there was a kind of a sensation that passed through the back. You are healed in the name of Jesus and it's not coming back again it's not coming back again I command ears, pop open I come against headaches migraine headaches all kinds of of brain conditions tumours in the brain be gone in the name of Jesus be healed from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I see someone who has ankle bracelets. You are, you are being healed right now. Mangra toletsa, geba, yakra. Just begin to move those legs. Ligonto, pratile, sashari, ge All manner of sickness and disease. Be healed. All manner of affliction. Be healed. Be loose from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet in the name of Jesus. And Father, I pray for everyone hearing the sound of my voice that this season will be a season of financial increase. I command wealth to come into your hand. Ideas, boldness to step into the next level. You will not cower in fear. You will not draw back, but you'll increase. Yes, you hear a voice saying, this is the way, walk in it. I call for opportunities, opportunities for increase, opportunities for business, opportunities for multiple streams of income. And I declare the wisdom, the boldness to step into it. Anywhere the devil has stopped and has restricted finances to come to you, I command it be removed in the name of Jesus. Let supernatural contact, supernatural uh, 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 placing, supernatural partnership, come into your life in the name of Jesus, that your finances will increase. I call all, forth, all those things that belong to you, either from government, from parastatus, from individuals, I call them into your hand right now, in the name of Jesus, that when this is done, you will have more lands, more properties, more houses, more, car- more money in your bank account, you will be debt free, all your bills paid off, and you will be richer than you when you enter, because the grace of God is upon you, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. You are able to do exceedingly abundantly. Above all, we ask or think according to the walking of your mighty power within us. And I pray for everyone who is dealing with emotional issues, fear, unbelief, doubt, depression, worry. I say, Satan, lose your hand in the name of Jesus. Let the joy of the Lord, the peace that passes human understanding guide each one. I come against the spirit of fear. Lose your hand in the name of Jesus. No matter what it is that the enemy has set against you, be free from it. Let boldness rise up, wisdom rise up, joy rise up, and let the glory of God be seen upon you from the crown of your head. To the souls of your faith. In Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen. Just give.